0: You're listening to the Message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in.
1: Oh, thank you so much! Thank you, thank you, thank you! Welcome to church, everybody. Good morning. I'm so glad that you made it. Let's take a moment and welcome all of our friends watching from all around the world online. Welcome in, everybody. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, come on. <laughs> it's visit Sunday. Come on, somebody. It's already been a great day. God's doing some great things here, and I am so glad that you tuned in. If you're watching us online, do us a favor. Share this message with your friends. Use your social media influence. To spread the love of Jesus, I believe God's going to bless you when you start taking your walk with him seriously, and that's a good way to do it, everybody. Is that all right? Is that okay? Welcome to church. I'm so glad that you could be here today. Uh, Our High Ridge Rockland, California family sends their love. We were there last week. Uh, We took a team to just give them a break. These guys are having to set up and tear down and get out of the building by one o'clock every single Sunday. And so after doing that for about a year, that's just about enough. Isn't that right, somebody? So they I I'm just telling you, like you guys are incredibly spoiled. Like none of you had to come in and set up this whole building, and none of you have to tear all the stuff down and move it out when we're done. And so these guys do that every single week. And so it was a privilege. It was a great honor for us to go and just take a team there and say, You guys take a Sunday off. Y'all go sit and worship. We got this. Our high ridge Longview family loves you. We want to send our prayers and support and we want to come there and just give you a break. And so we were able to do that last week. And so we love them and love what God is doing with our High Ridge brothers and sisters, if you ever get a chance to go suffer for the gospel in Northern California, take it. Uh, don't mind the people. Just enjoy God's beautiful creation. It's, there's some weirdos there, but that's why they need Jesus. Isn't that right, everybody? I'm just kidding with you for all of our people watching in California, but no, I'm not. Y'all some weirdos. That's why you're all moving here. That's okay. We're, we're bringing in some reinforcement. We're coming to you. As soon as we can. So it's Vision Sunday, and I believe that God has got something powerful to speak to you. Uh, Twice a year, about twice a year, we like to give uh, our Vision Sunday, which is uh, we do it at key times during the year when we have a lot of people coming to our church for the first time. And so we want to make sure that you know exactly what we're about, what we're doing, and that uh, we do actually have a vision here. Come on, somebody. It's good to be a part of a church with a vision. We believe that what God has for his church is very specifically lined out in scripture. God knows exactly what he wants. He knows what churches are supposed to be about. And if you don't know that, you will not be happy here. We will spend our whole ministry trying to make you happy. But this is, this is not about you. It's about what God wants. This is God's house and his church is going to follow his rules and do exactly what he wants with his resources. And so I think it's always better when you do things God's way. Can I get a better amen than that, somebody? do it his way. And so this is all laid out in Exodus chapter six. And as we're turning there, I want to kind of give you the heartbeat of what we're doing and why we're doing it and uh, why we do it this way. So this is our vision message. So we believe that God has called us to be a strong, healthy, growing church. We believe that a strong, healthy church is going to naturally grow. When you are strong, when people are strong in their faith, when they're strong in their gifts that God has given them, when they're healthy in their spiritual walk, you're go- it, it's attractive. People in this city are going to want to come to church with you. People that are lost are going to want the Jesus that's inside of you because you're strong and you're healthy. You're doing what God has called you to do. And when you're strong and you're healthy, when your marriage is strong and healthy, when your businesses are strong and healthy, when they're being blessed by God, things will grow. And so, how do we get that? How do we get that strength? How do we get that health? How do we make sure that we're growing and and doing the right things? Because there are a lot of things that are big that are not blessed. We do it God's way. One of the most important scriptures is Acts chapter 16, verse 5. The first church, it says this about the first church they were strengthened and then they grew daily in numbers. So, as they get stronger, they're going to grow. So I want you to see that. In Genesis chapter one, God gives this command to Adam and Eve. He tells them this, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. I want you to grow. We believe that that is a mandate from God, not just in the natural, but in the spiritual. God wants you to bear much fruit. Jesus said that in the book of John 15. He says, this is my command. You go and bear fruit, bear fruit. Produce something with your life, something that matters. God says, I want to plant this seed inside of you. I want to grow and begin to bear fruit and affect everything that you touch. So we believe that a strong, healthy church is going to grow. It's going to bear fruit. Why is it so important that we grow? Hey, I'm glad you asked. We say it this way. Growing is critical because heaven and hell are realities. These are actual places. One of them, you want to go. The other one, you don't want to go. And because hell actually exists, it's important that God's kingdom is growing. It's important that people come to know Jesus. It's important that people get forgiven of their sins. Why? Because hell exists, and heaven is a real place. We want you to go there. And when we make sure that we keep the main thing, the main thing, God begins to bless it because it's his heart. You still with me? Is this okay? So I want to give you God's vision for his church, which are reflected in God's four promises to his people. Now, this is something that God set in place from the very beginning of time this, uh, the scripture that we're going to read today is echoed in multiple books throughout, uh, throughout the Old and New Testament. And so I want to show you, I'm going to give you four examples to make sure that you see that our vision, the vision of this church is built securely upon the word of God. And what God wants for your life, he, he makes no mistake. He makes it very, very simple. This is what I want for you. This is what church should be about. This is what I want my people to focus on. This is the main thing. So God reflects this. The first time we see it uh, echoed in scripture is in Exodus chapter six, when God gives this mandate to his people. Now, if you were Jewish, you would know that this is what you celebrate when you're celebrating the Passover and the Seder meal. If you've ever had a Seder meal, you'll know that there are, it's a very ritualized meal where they eat certain portions and they drink four different cups of wine. Each of those things is very significant with their faith. And it all comes back to Exodus chapter six, when God gives four promises to his people. Each, each one of those four promises, they drink a cup of wine with it and they remember the promise of God. They remember that promise by drinking a cup of wine. So, those are the four cups that we're going to talk about today that we've built our vision on. You still with me? So, this comes from Exodus chapter 6. I want to show you this. It says this Therefore, say to the children of Israel, this is God talking to Moses, and he says, You tell my people this. He says, I am the Lord and I will bring you out. Somebody say, Bring you out. From under the burden of the Egyptians. Here's the second one. I will rescue you, somebody say, rescue you from their bondage. Here's the third one. And I will redeem you, somebody say, redeem you you. with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. And here's the number four I will statement, the fourth promise of God is I will take you as my people. You're gonna be mine. So God says, I'm gonna take you out of Egypt, then I'm gonna take the Egypt out of you. Then I'm going to do something different inside of your life to help you understand who you were always called to be so that you will be my people. You're going to be about my heart. You're going to be about my intentions, my purposes, my plan. God says, You you tell my people this is what I want for them. I'm making them four promises. This is what I'm going to do for you. So when the Jewish people celebrate Seder, they drink four cups and they remember the four I will statements, the four things that God promised his people that he would do. I'm going to take you out of Egypt that I'm gonna take that Egypt out of you, I'm gonna set you free from bondage, that I'm gonna redeem you, restore you to your purpose so that you will understand who you were always called to be. So that is where we find the vision of our church, reflected in the very beginning of God's promises to his people. I believe personally that if you build a church on anything other than what God wants us, his promises for his people, you are a fool. You're gonna build things that will not last, that cannot possibly stand up to the weight of what people need. You have to be about the things that God is about. Can I get a better amen than that, somebody? Is that okay? Amen. So, I want to talk about those four cups. We're going to move really quickly. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Um, so, just open up your Bible anywhere. I'll be right there in just a minute. We've got a lot of scripture. I'm just kidding. Here's the first cup I want to make sure that you see. Number one, the Jewish people call the first cup the cup of sanctification. Say sanctification. That word means I'm going to set you apart. You're not the same. I'm gonna set you apart. We see this echoed in the New Testament as well when they talk about the sanctification process where it says some vessels are meant for honor, some are dishonor. It's like you think you're a paper plate or a red Solo cup. Said, like, no, 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 no. You're crystal. You just don't know it. God says, I'm gonna set you apart. You're not the same. You're not, you're not cheap. Yeah. That's good. God says, this is the cup of sanctification. So he says, I will bring you out of Egypt. God wants you sanctified. He wants you set apart. Well, in other words, he says, I, it's not just God wants you set free from slavery. He said, I want you to be set free from being a slave to your sin. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. This is why God sent his son, to break the bondage of sin. Yes, sir. God says, I want to bring you out of Egypt. God wants his people set free from being slaves to sin. And so they'll celebrate that by drinking that first cup of wine. God wants to deliver me. This is his heart. He wants to deliver me from Egypt. Number two is the cup of deliverance. Somebody say deliverance. deliverance. Now that may have a different connotation based upon which church you came out of. Deliverance is where they bring out some buckets and start praying for you until you throw up in a bucket. That's how we used to call it deliverance. We do it a little bit differently here, but the process is, is still producing the same. God says, I wanna not just take you out of Egypt, now I need to get the Egypt out of you. Now I need to change the way that you think because you have a slavery mindset. And this is one of the reasons why people will get saved but never get free. They'll get forgiveness of their sin, but they'll never walk in their purpose because they've got all their habits and hangups and issues that they're working through. They need some help. God says, I'm going to sanctify you. I'm going to set you apart. And then he says, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to start pulling things out of your life that don't belong. You need this, by the way, and I need this. So there's a deliverance process where God says, I'm going to change the way you think. I'm going to change the way you think about yourself. I'm going to change the way you process things. You need some help. And God wants to help you. God says, I promise you this is what I'm going to do for you if you let me. Number three, the Jewish people will drink that third cup. They call this the cup of restoration. Reflected in that promise where God says, I will redeem you. God says, I'm going to buy you back to myself. I'm going to restore you to your original purpose. I'm going to let you understand what I created you for. And it's for more than just making bricks it's for more than just being a slave to another country. It's for more than those things. That ain't you. God says, I'm gonna remind you who you are and who you're called to be. You're my people. And then they move on to that fourth cup. They call this the cup of praise. Somebody say the cup of praise. Like, why are you praising? It's like, you just had four cups of wine. You're going, woo Praise God. But that fourth cup is called the cup of praise. Now, in Jewish culture, it's a little bit different from our American version of the word praise. In, in, in our language, praise is, is more than likely understood as, as worship. Like we wanna, we're going to praise God, we're going to sing, and it's something that we do. But in the Jewish culture, praise is not what you do, it's who you are. It's a lifestyle of praise. It's something that happens on the inside where you're like, I was made for this. It's a lifestyle where my life has completely changed from being a slave to know that I'm walking in my purpose and making a difference with what God has called me to become. It's a lifestyle of praise. It's reflected in that fourth promise that God makes to his people. It says, you're gonna be Jesus' people. You're gonna be my people. I'm gonna show you that it ain't about you. It's about me. I'm gonna walk you through a process where you're able to become more than you ever thought you could be. Those are the four I will promises that we have adopted and said that is the vision for our church. This is what we want. So in case you notice this, um, we reflect this a lot in what we say and what we do. You might've seen the four big posters on the wall inside of our lobby when you came in here and they say four things. Now they don't say the cup of deliverance and the cup of restoration because nobody understands what that means. You got you, you to make it easy for people to understand. And so when I stand up here and talk about, you know, the vision of the church, if I start talking to you about Saders and Passovers and four cups of wine, you're like, I don't know, man, I, I'm trying to get rid of wine. That's why I came to the church today. I'm trying to get off the stuff. I had enough. You don't know what my Friday night was like. So we've, we've, we've put it into a, into a different package that helps people understand it. sometimes you got to put the cookies on the bottom shelf so we can get it Right. And so if you don't understand Jewish customs and if you don't understand the Old Testament, you might not understand the word and all the different uh, parts of what would make up a Seder dinner. It's easy for us to understand it in a little bit better way. So I wanna make sure that you, that you get this. And, uh, and by the way, I, I don't have a ton of time today, but I can show you this in, in several other scripture references, Old and New Testament. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll give you one and then you guys can look up a couple more if you wouldn't mind. I'll just give you some references. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus gives his mission statement. Jesus says, this is why I'm here. And by the way, in Luke 4, he's quoting Isaiah. So that's, that's another one. That's the third reference to it. But Jesus, uh, in verse 18, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. There's number one. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the captives free. There's number two. God says, I got you out of Egypt. Now I'm getting the Egypt out of you. I'm setting you free. You see see it? Jesus said to set the oppressed free. There's there's the redemption part. I'm going to set you free from that. Set you free from the way that you think. Have you walk in freedom. So that number four, he says, so that you can proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I'm telling you, the favor of God is here. This is what I want you to understand, that God's favor is now on your life. His favor is on what you're doing. We see that reflected in the mission of Jesus. He's going all the way back to Isaiah, who's going all the way back to Exodus chapter six. Colossians 1. Paul says this in verse 13, for God has rescued us, there's number one, from the dominion of darkness. Yeah. Bring you out of Egypt. I'm gonna rescue you from the dominion of darkness. Look at this, number two. And then it says, and he's brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. There's number two. Bring us into the kingdom in whom we have redemption. There's that third cup of restoration. Number four, the forgiveness of sins, a lifestyle of being forgiven well yeah just forgiveness of sins is not just a one-time occurrence but it becomes who we are we have a lifestyle of i've I've been forgiven i know what it's like to live this way i'm not the same there's something beautiful that happens when you live a life that's a forgiven life it'll change the way you think david in psalm 40 i could do more but i just want to focus on these uh david says god lifted me out of a slimy pit there's number one Out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock, gave me a firm place to stand. Number two, he says, then he put a new song in my mouth. He showed me there's something new here. It's more than being just lifted up out of the muck and the mire and more than just cleaning you off. I'm going to put a new song in your mouth. And then he says, it's a hymn of praise to our God. And here's number four. It says, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. In other words, it's going to make a difference. So you'll notice on our wall, we have those four signs reflected in those four cups from those four promises echoed over and over and over and over and over again in scripture, God is screaming, this is what I want my church to be about. We've narrowed it down to those four things. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. So how does that happen? I wanna give you the High Ridge Vision How does that happen practically speaking? Number one, we want people to know God. That is gonna happen on Sunday mornings. On Sunday mornings, we do four things. We're incredibly simple. The first and most important thing that we do is number one, it's the tip of the funnel. We want people to know God. We believe that when you give an opportunity for people to know Jesus and you present it in a way that they can understand, they're gonna respond. People will still say yes to Jesus. If you stop making church about yourself, Stop making Sunday about what you want and start recognizing that Sunday is about what he wants. What does he want? He wants his kids to come home. He wants prodigals to come home. He wants the lost saved. He wants those that are held captive delivered. He wants prodigals back in church. This is for your children, for your grandchildren, for your co workers. We make Sundays so that lost people can understand and know God in a brand new way. And present it to them like this is not about us, it's about them. Now, if that's, not, uh, if that's not something that you've ever understood or you've gone to church where you think it should be about this or about that, this won't be enough for you. But Sunday mornings, if you understand this, it'll help you. The light bulb will come on. Sunday mornings are not about me. If I have a relationship with Jesus, it's not about me. It's about those that don't. Amen. Yep. Sunday mornings are to help people know God. What do we do? We design services that lost people love to attend. We preach messages that lost people can understand. We put the cookies on the bottom shelf. We stop talking about things that are confusing to them. They don't know what that means. We, I'm not gonna preach a message about the four cups of God's promises and the I wills and the state. I don't do that. I can talk about knowing God because they understand that. Finding freedom, they understand that. I need some freedom, help me. I don't talk about the cup of sanctification. I could. And you hear people all the time, oh, I wish you'd go deeper. What does that mean? I want you to confuse me. It ain't about you. I'm here to make it simple. Keep it simple. Help people just get to know God. Acts chapter two, the first church, it says this. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being, somebody say the next word. Saved. Saved. The Lord didn't just add day by day those who were mad at their other church. He didn't just add day by day those who were looking for something cool. No, no, no. Added those that were being saved. Saved. So we design Sunday morning services that lost people love to attend, give them an opportunity in every single service to meet Jesus. It's the most important thing that we do. Everything revolves around step one, getting people out of bondage to sin, getting people out of Egypt, getting people out of a slavery mindset, calling them from darkness to light. We want people to know, God, can I get a better amen than that from somebody here? I say it this way. It's a shame for a lost person to come to church looking to find God and only find us. We're going to build a country club if we're not careful. This is where people get hurt. They're not coming to find you. They're coming to find him. Let's help them find our father. So every service ends with an appeal for lost people to come home. Let me make sure that you understand this. This is important. We have to resist the gravitational pull to make church all about us. You'll do it. I'll do it. I'll build a kingdom to myself. You'll find things that you like. and It'll become all about you. And we'll get focused on the wrong things. No, no, no. Vision is about having a light bulb come on over our heads where we recognize this is his church. It's what he wants. It's not what I want. It's what he wants. Our lost people coming home. Our prodigals coming home. Our people finding Christ. If that's happening, I want to be a part of it. If it's not happening, we in trouble. Church should look like a hospital where babies are being born and the sick are recovering. That's our Sunday morning service we want people to know god Uh, in acts chapter 15 i don't have time to get into it but there's a big argument that happened in the church from the very beginning about what church is supposed to be about and lots of gentiles were coming to to know christ as their messiah and as they were coming to know christ as the messiah these gentile people were blasted by a bunch of jews that said you guys need to start looking and acting and dressing like us like you thought that was just the last church you came through no, no, no. This has been in the, in the very beginning. Well, they need to dress like us. They need to look like us. They better wear four tassels on their cloak. They better grow out the sides of their, of their beard. They better do this and better do that. They better start getting circumcised. Do you know how weird that is when you preach that on Sunday morning? All right, our circumcision service is happening in about 20 minutes, y'all. But this is what was happening. And Paul says, what are we doing here? They're Gentiles. They're not Jews. We're not calling people to try to follow some old customs. We're not trying to make them look like us. We're trying to get all of us to look like Jesus. And so they begin to argue back and forth. What are we supposed to be telling people to do? We see legalism that has gripped the church. Make them look like me, act like me, talk like me, vote like me, worship like me. This is what it needs to be. And they begin to have a big argument. And finally, James, the half-brother of Jesus, stands up and it says he settles the matter by saying this in Acts fifteen nine. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for Gentiles that are turning to Jesus. Stop making it hard for people to come to know him. Stop, get out of the way. Let them find Jesus. Let him work on them. Just get them to him. We don't want people to look like us. We want them to look like Jesus. Come on, somebody. We want them to know God. So that, number two... People can find freedom. What does that happen, pastor? It happens in groups. It happens in groups. We want people to find freedom that's gonna happen in groups. That's why I will push you, pull you, challenge you, whatever it takes to make sure you get in a group. And if you've been through our freedom curriculum, we want you to lead a group at some point. We want you to host people in your home. Let them come and start understanding more about their walk with Christ. Sunday mornings are for people to know God. And then during the week, we have groups all over the place at different times for different reasons, different things going on in every group, but we want people to get into a group. The Bible says that they met weekly in the synagogue and then they went to house to house. So it's the biblical model of what they birthed in the very first church in the sanctuary, seating in rows, and then they would meet during the week in circles. Let me remind you of this. like Everybody doesn't need to know your business, but somebody better. The Bible tells us this, that you need to confess your faults one to another so that you may be healed. James says this in James chapter five, and what he means is like we can confess our sins to Christ and find forgiveness, but if you want to find healing from those things, you have to get in a group. I'm not getting better. I'm not growing. You ain't in a group. I can guarantee you're not. Spiritual growth happens in groups. Can I get a better amen than that from somebody? Come on, somebody. Spiritual growth happens in groups. So we say this um, about groups that this is where you're going to grow. This is where things are going to be able to start making sense for you. We want you to continue on to number three, that third cup that we're drinking from around here. That third cup is so that you can discover your purpose. This happens in our growth track. So this is in our third service every single Sunday. We have a two-part growth track. My wife leads that. We have another few couples that fold in and volunteer and help us with that as well. Um, I want you to get to meet them. And what they're gonna do for you is help you discover the gifts that God has put inside your heart. You have gifts. You have spiritual gifts. Yes, you do. You have spiritual gifts. There are things that God has gifted you with that you need to know. It's important. Where God says, I'm gonna redeem you, restore you to your original purpose. I'm gonna show you what I've put inside of you that's unique unique. You're not here to be a slave. You're not here to make bricks out of mud. You're here to make a difference. Paul tells Timothy that your job is to equip the people to do the work that God is calling them to do. So my job is not to do the work of ministry. My job is to equip you to do it. And this is where churches get that wrong a lot. Just give me a bunch of money and we'll do the ministry for you. That's not biblical. No, give me the tools, pastor, and make me do it. I need to learn how to do this. This is what we want for you. We want you to be a part of our growth track. We want you to get into a place where you can discover the purposes that God has for you. You still with me? So that's going to happen in our in our growth track. We say this, we don't create ministries, but we discover and train leaders. I'm looking for people to lead. I'm looking for you to use your influence and to become who God has called you to be. 1 Corinthians 7:7 7, 7 says, "But each of you has your own gift from God." One has this gift. One has that gift. So that number four, here's the fourth cup. Number four, we want you to make a difference. Make a difference. Somebody say, make a difference. difference. So this happens on our dream team. We want you to serve. Now on Friday night, we had our dream team fiesta. This place was packed with hundreds of people that are all uh, serving in one way or another. And Uh, Once that started going on on social media, people were like, man, you have a massive church. I'm like, that's just the ones that are serving. (laughs) Believe it or not. We have a lot of people serving here. Why? Because it's part of our vision. Why is that part of your vision? Because it's part of God's vision. He wants his people mobilized. He wants his people directed. Show me what to do. Teach me how to do it. Let me do it. We believe that the cruelest thing that we can do for you as a church is to tell you that you were born with a purpose and then never show you how to figure that out and then never let you do it. But you were called, designed, uniquely purposed by God to do things that I can't do and I'm not called to do. You're called to do them. And my job as a pastor is to equip you to do it, show you how to do it, give you a chance to do it and tell you, hey, let's do it again. You're gonna learn, you're gonna get better as you go. But you are in ministry. If you've accepted Christ into your heart, if you know God and have a relationship with him, there's a journey we want to take you on. A journey to help you know him, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose so that ultimately you can make a difference with your life. Now, for some of you, it's going to mean something as simple as, as, uh, as rearranging some chairs. For some of us, you're going to be changing diapers in our nursery. Some of us, it's getting on a platform with our kids' ministry. Some of you working with youth, God bless you. Those sixth grade boys have a unique smell. It takes about two years before they discover like, oh, deodorant is a thing. Like, I need this. But there are some people that have been uniquely called and qualified and gifted and love it. And that's, that's their gift. They're good at it. And God has uniquely purposed them for it. Thank God it probably wasn't all of you. But how many people know that when you make, the, make a difference in the life of one of those young ones, man, they'll remember that for the rest of their life. You're, you're the Jesus that some people will, 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 will understand. Like you're, you're his hands and you're his feet and the only Jesus that some will ever see. It's important that you make a difference in the time that you have left. All of us have an expiration date. We have a clock. There's only so much of effective time that you have left. I want to encourage you to redeem the time, to recognize that you are not a slave. You're not going to stay a slave to your addictions forever. You're called for more than that. You don't have to live like a slave. We're going to change the way that you think so you can discover the purposes God has put inside of you and make a difference with the rest with the rest of your life. So we're going to put you on a team where you can serve a purpose higher than yourselves. I want to make sure that you see this in John 15. Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Somebody say, Bear much fruit. Jesus says, This is what glorifies the Lord bear fruit. He says, showing yourself to be my disciples. Verse 11, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Or in other words, you're not going to have the kind of joy that you think that you're going to look everywhere else for in your life. You're not going to have that kind of joy until you do what I've called you to do, until you start bearing fruit. This is a life of praise. This is that fourth cup, the cup of Hillel. Bear much fruit. My joy is in you and your joy will be made complete. Can that, uh, Is that okay with everybody? Is that okay? So, are we about growing? Yes. Sounds like you're all about numbers, Pastor. I'm all about the right numbers, absolutely, unapologetically. I count. I count a lot of things. Why? Because heaven's measuring stick of success is repenting sinners, returning prodigals. It matters. In Luke 15, Jesus gives three parables back to back to back. When Jesus says something three times, you better pay attention. That usually means you ain't getting it. Jesus says, the lost coin. She's turned on the light, swept that house, looked for that lost coin. Jesus talks about lost sheep. He so said he left the 99 and went found that one lost sheep. It matters, the one that's lost. Like, I don't care about all the ones that are found right now. Go find the one that fell into a pit. Go find the one that got lost. Go find the one that wandered off. Then he starts talking about the prodigal son. He says, my son's gone, get him home. Whatever it takes. And when Jesus says something three times, it, 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 it should sit in our hearts. He's explaining something that we just don't get. The churches are about what he wants. He wants his kids to come home. He wants his kids to know him. He wants them to be in church, growing, finding freedom, discovering their purpose, making a difference with their lives. Otherwise, you'll lose the vision for your life and you'll think it's about you. You'll spend your whole life serving somebody else's vision, serving somebody else's purpose, and never the purpose that God has hardwired inside of you. We say it, if you don't know your purpose, you're gonna serve somebody else's. People will hire you to serve their purpose. So it's important that you recognize the vision that God has for your life. Get on the track with it so that you can redeem the time that you have left. Can I get a better amen than that from somebody? Is that okay? So what can I do, pastor? What are you asking of me? Where do I fit into all this? Well, I've laid out the vision for our church and hopefully you're seeing like, oh, I've been coming to church on Sunday. I've not gotten into a group yet or maybe I haven't uh, gotten onto the growth track. Maybe I'm not serving on a dream team. Okay, you see it. I wanna give you seven specific things. We're gonna run through these really quickly. If you want to be a part of what we're doing, I want to ask you, number one, invite somebody to church next week. Invite somebody that's far from God. Use your personal relationship with someone that you know needs Jesus, somebody that's unchurched, somebody that's far from God, somebody that's burnt out on church or hurt by church. Bring them back. Bring them here. I believe that when you're flowing underneath the anointing of what God is doing, God will supernaturally use you to do great things. They won't say yes to anybody else but you. But you need to have a bigger sphere of influence than just a bunch of people that look like you, act like you, think like you, vote like you. You need to know lost people, speak their language. Otherwise, we get weird. We get weird real quick. We start talking about the cup of sanctification. That's weird. Get to know some people that are lost. Develop a relationship with them. Invite them to church. Next week is a fantastic week to bring lost people to church. We're gonna, uh, over the next eight weeks, we're preaching a series called One Small Step. We're gonna show people how to find the call of God in their life, how to take a step in that direction. We're gonna celebrate every step in a big way as people start becoming who God has called them to be. People need this. Every single person on the planet is hardwired with that sense of purpose. We're gonna give them the answers that they're looking for. They need that, just like you needed it. So invite somebody to church next week. Uh, and by the way, uh, if you can, invite them to the first or the third service. There's not a whole lot of room in this one. We're running out of chairs. Uh, but actually there wasn't no room in first service either today. Invite them to the third service. That's the only one that has any room, but it's a good, it's a good time to be a part of a church that's healthy and growing. It's working. By the way, we've had 262 people respond to the gospel this year. 262. By the way, some of those were were right here in person in one of these services. Uh, Some of those are online. You will, it's the the most insane thing. It'd be Tuesday at 4 a.m. And somebody in Thailand, like, I just prayed to receive Christ. I just read this message and just responded, what do I do next? I'll never meet that person this side of heaven. But our message is going out there. When you share this message with your friends, when you share it on Facebook, when you share it on your social media platform, it is making a difference. There's one service that we had, had 40 something thousand people watching online. That's insane to me. The message of the gospel is going out there. And churches need to show people Jesus. People are hungry for it. They're finding Christ. It matters. So invite somebody. Number two, get in a group or lead a group. If you've been through freedom, lead one. I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. It ain't that hard. We'll give you the stuff. If you have a television, if you're able to stream something, I'll do the message. You just turn the TV on. It ain't that hard. Put some drinks out. Not a big deal. But host people in your home. It's good for you. You need to clean up anyway. (laughs) People need your testimony. Number three, if you haven't been to our growth track, get on the growth track. Our third service on Sunday mornings, it's a two-part growth track. My wife's in there. Some other couples are in there. Meet them. Ask them. Ask them questions. Let them help you discover who God has uniquely ordained for you to be. You need this. Get on our growth track. Number four, if you haven't joined our dream team, if you haven't started serving, Let's do this. What doth hindereth you? Serve. <laughs> we want you serving someplace. Well, I'm just going to go in there and get burnt out because I'm going to be in there stuck. Like, there's a lot of people serving. There's a lot of people. But we want you to help. Bring some relief. Other people have been there serving. It's your turn. Be a part of this family. Pull your weight. Start serving. Some of that may be on Sunday morning. Some of it may be across the world. But we want you to serve. Use the gifts that God has given you. Develop them. Get better but serve something bigger than yourself. You need this. It's good for you. Somebody say, it's good for me. It's good for me. If you make church all about you, you're not gonna be happy here. You're gonna spend your whole time fighting with the people around you of what you think church needs to be. I'm just telling you, it happens. You've been to that church. That's the reason why you came to this one. Don't bring that here. Get out of that mindset and start serving God's people. Humble yourself and serve. It's part of what we do here. We're gonna ask you to serve. We're gonna keep asking you every single week, serve. Now, we also have part of our culture that's, that's this, uh, serve one, sit one. Serve one, sit one. We try to make our services a little bit shorter so that you have more time to be able to come to a, to a church service, sit with your friends, hear the message, get, some, get, get fed from the word of God, and then go serve one. Come to the 12 o'clock service, serve at the, at, at the noon. I'm oh, sorry, serve at the 1030, but, or vice versa, but serve one, sit one. You still with me, is that Okay. Uh, Number six, if you wanna be a part of what we're doing here, consider financially supporting us. If you believe that this vision is biblical and what we're doing here, stand behind us with your finances. We are an incredibly generous church and what God is doing with the finances here is nothing short of miraculous. I want you to be a part of it. So we don't pass buckets here. I don't sit up here and do a bunch of messages asking for money. We've never done it that way. We haven't had to. Why? Because the vision is strong and God provides through his people. So what I'm gonna ask you to do is pray about it And whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, be obedient, simple as that. But my job as a pastor is to get you to hear from the Lord and let him equip you to serve, to give, to go, to become. And I'm gonna push you, I'm gonna challenge you to listen to him, be obedient to him. I don't have to beg you for anything. Stand behind us, especially with Heart for the House. This is the the debt that we have left on this building. This is a $2.2 million building that a lot of people gave sacrificially when we didn't have it. And a lot of us, Gave and gave and gave so that you would come and hopefully carry the mantle and take it the rest of the way. We've pushed it to almost the 50-yard line, maybe even past, we had 2.2 million. We're down to, I think Pastor Mark said in the first service, 700-something thousand. That's in two years, baby. That's crazy. And In the meantime, we bought another building across the street. How crazy is that? You guys are generous. But if you've never given here, give here. Please, trust us with your finances. Um, Listen to the Lord, be obedient, And get behind it. We need you. You're part of this family. Use what God has given you for his glory. Amen? And then lastly, I want to ask you to pray for the church. Pray for the staff. Pray for the future. We're a growing church. We're a healthy church. We're a strong church. Do we have our issues? Yes. And some of them revolve around you. Some of you, it might be your issue. We got issues because we're full of people. But we're strong and we're healthy and we're growing. So we're never going to be content with just saying we're big enough. Never, not ever. There's no such thing. Heaven's measuring stick of success. There's prodigals coming home and lost people finding Jesus. We're gonna make room at the table. What happens when all these people are coming, pastor? We build a bigger table. We build a bigger table. We get more rooms. Why? Because we're not gonna turn anybody away. Now, three services on Sunday is a lot. Trust me, this is the eighth message I've preached this week alone. It's a lot. I can't do that forever. So, Obviously, when the Lord has called us to grow, we're gonna get bigger. There's some interesting things to make. I don't have any money. I don't have any idea where we're going next, but I know that I trust the Lord. I'm gonna do the vision that he's put on our hearts. And when I do that and you hear from the Lord and we're being obedient, nothing short of miraculous things is gonna happen. It's it's the way it's always been. God will provide. And he's gonna use you to do it. So pray for us. Pray for us as a staff. Pray for the next service. Pray for the lost. Pray for your part in it. Pray. We believe this to be true. A prayer culture trumps every strategy. If this is not blessed, then what we're growing just ends up hurting a lot of people. We want the the power and the presence of God here. That means pray for your church. Pray for this home. Pray for those that are serving. Pray for us to stay in a place of health. Pray for us as we grow. It gets tough. It gets hard. There's a lot of things going on. It's busy. It's a lot. It's a big burden. But we believe that God has uniquely positioned us in this city to bring health to the churches that are here, to bring strength to the churches that are here. And when you have 80-something churches in Longview that start getting healthy and challenging each other and pushing each other to get out of the same old mindset where we're competing with each other and we start working together and getting healthier and healthier, can you imagine what's what's gonna happen? I can. I can see it. I watch it. It's happening. Our relationship with other churches and pastors is good and we're able to help them because you're generous, because we're growing. It's good for us. It's good for our city. It's good for all of us. The kingdom of heaven is being advanced and you get to be a part of it. So I'm excited about our vision. Is that okay? Come on, can I get a better amen than that from somebody? Is that okay? Awesome. I want to finish up with a word of prayer, if that's okay. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? For those of you watching online, if you enjoyed what you heard today, would you consider sharing this message? Would you do that for me? I would consider it a personal favor if you wouldn't mind hitting the share button. Uh, It means a lot. You're doing a good job. Father, I pray for my friends that are watching and those that are sitting live in this service. And ask for forgiveness if we've made church about anything other than what you want it based on. Lord, your vision is very clear. Lord, forgive us for making it all about us. I pray that it would never be about us. But it would be about your heart. Watching lost people come home. Watching those that don't know you come to know you. Help us, Lord, to be responsible. To do it your way. For the future of our church. For the future of this city. For your kingdom. And for your glory. In Jesus' name. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, my friend, perhaps you're here today and you would say, Pastor, if I'm going to be honest with you, I am far away from God. When you talked about people that are away from the Lord, I, that's me. My friend, the Lord brought you here for this moment. This is your moment. It's the reason why you're here. And we have built this service for you. So every single person within the sound of my voice wants you to have a relationship with Jesus. We want you to know him. We want you to really know him. So if you're far away from God and you need to come home, you may say, I'm not really sure how to do that. It starts with a prayer. I'm not really sure how to pray that, pastor. Let me help you. Please, let me help you. Just like somebody helped me one time. If you want a relationship with Jesus, pray this prayer with me right where you are. Pray this with me. Just say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. Come on, pray with me. It's okay. Say this. I believe that you came and died but rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for my sins and I ask you to forgive me for my sins forgive me save me I don't want to live my life my way anymore now say this say I give my life to you right now in Jesus name And with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm not trying to embarrass you in any way, but if you just prayed that prayer, would you do me a favor? Would you look up at me to slip your hand up all across this place? That was me. I did it. I prayed that prayer with you, Pastor. That was me. Good, I see you. Good. Anybody else today? Yes, sir. Good for you. If you're watching online and maybe you're sitting here live in a service, either one, if that was you and you prayed that prayer, on the screen behind me is appearing a number and a QR code. I want to ask you, would you text me? Would you let me know? It's good for you to let somebody know what you just did. The number is 844-HRC-TEXT. Text Text the words, I prayed. If you do that, I'm going to send you some things that will help you. It's all free. It's my gift to you. just want to help you. Good for you. I'm proud of you. Excellent. Well, High Rich Family, go ahead and look up at me if you would. Then stand to your feet. So between first service and this service, there are four more people responding to the gospel. And if my math is correct, and it always is, we've gone from 262 to 266. Come on, somebody, scoreboard. We'll see how many more are responding online this week. But when you recognize the vision for God's house and you make his will a priority, what he wants, people will respond. And you'll make a difference. That's what we're here to do. Is that okay? I have our elders and their wives stepping forward. These guys are gonna be available to pray with you about anything that you might need prayer for. We believe a prayer prayer culture trumps every strategy. We wanna pray for you. We wanna bless you. We wanna help you. So we're here. And as the service ends, these guys will stay right here to pray for you about anything that you might need prayer for. For everybody else, I wanna make sure that you know how much I love you, how much I'm proud of you. Starting next week, we've got one small step. Our huge super series is gonna be massive. We want you to be a part of it. Invite your friends. It's gonna be good. Let me pray for you and bless you. Lord, would you bless my friends with an incredible week following after you all week long in Jesus' name. And all of us said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I
0: hope you have an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayers is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening if you want to be a part of our online community connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at High or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com lastly if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work visit HighRidgeLV.com give we appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life have an incredible week and we will see you next time